Here we are again on the KCSD Wellness Warrior podcast. This time I am joined by Megan Stock. Megan is a teacher at Henley. She teaches elementary PE and she is a wellness leader for the school district. Megan, tell us, where are you originally from? I am originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Went to Millard South High School, which was about... Um, I had 650 kids in my graduating class, which is the size of Henley High School. So a little bigger than Klamath Falls. And Nebraska, lots of big mountains there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, How would you describe yourself as a kid? Like back when you were young, back in the good old days? Um, I was a gymnast my whole life, pretty much from the age of three to high school. And uh, when I wasn't at gymnastics practice, um, we were outside. We rode our bikes, we walked to school. Um, In the summer, we had a a cabin on a man-made lake, which is a lot in the Midwest. And we lived in our swimsuits and swam and rode four-wheelers and made ramps and dug in the sand and the dirt. So um, I grew up, yeah, doing lots of stuff outside. And that's, that's kind of what inspired me to move to Oregon because I just like being outside. That sounds like a great childhood, number one. Um, and no, absolutely. It sounds like uh, movement from a very early age and, and just being out active doing was a, a really important part of your life from very young. Yeah. I do think that is a, a sad piece of... You know, cause they, they say you establish your sense of what's normal by about the age of six. And I think that is a sad thing that's happening to kids these days with all the screens we have is that won't be the story they're gonna tell about their childhood of adventures and outdoors and falling down and getting hurt and jumping motorcycles or whatever, you know? Um, so definitely happy that that, that is the, the story you lived and that you ended up here. So how many years have you been with the district? Uh, this is my 13th year teaching elementary PE for Klamath County. So you were one of the originals. I was uh, chatting recently with uh, Teresa Ross and 13 years is how long that's program that program's been around. Yep, that's what brought me out here. I got hired, um, went to a job fair in Portland and got hired by the representative from the city schools because the county wasn't even represented there and had a um, phone interview while teaching preschool during nap time and um, <laughs> got a job and moved out here all by myself didn't know anybody and they took a chance on me and I'm glad they did and I've been here ever since that's awesome and how many of those years have been at Henley I've been here every year um, but when back in 13 years ago Henley was a lot smaller at least the elementary school and so I used to be at two schools. So I was at Merrill and Henley for two years and then Keno and Henley for two years. And then one final year, Henley and Shasta and Ferguson. <clears throat> so now I think that makes um, seven full years just at Henley. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that, that, uh, that Keno-Henley split sounds like a really weird commuting week. <laughs> it was interesting and I, I was starting to coach volleyball so when we had out of town meets um instead of me driving all the way to Henley the bus would meet me at running Y and they would pick me up to go over to volleyball tournaments over at the running Y so <laughs> it was interesting 
Uh, I guess that's the that's the nature of the creativity of working in a rather sprawling school district. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So from what I can tell, yoga has been a big part of your journey in recent years, um, from it just being a personal practice and growing there all the way to, if I'm not mistaken, you've gotten some certifications in it. Um, maybe take us through the role yoga's played in your personal wellness to, to start off. Um, well, I didn't really do yoga or know much about it until, um, until I moved here and we kind of started the wellness program like 12 years ago and the yoga studio, the only one in town kind of got established and me and my roommate started going um, and then kind of just did it on and off for years until a couple years ago when I had a little burnout from teaching PE from some frustrations with behavior in class and questioned what I was doing with my life. Um, <clears throat> even only, I was like, I don't know if I can make it 30 years doing this. This is not making me happy. And so I, I needed something else. I needed like a goal to set for myself and something to achieve. And I like professional development. I usually go to a conference every year. So, and I like to use the district's money, sorry district, but I take advantage every year. Um, so I put those two things together and I said, hey, why don't I start taking yoga classes uh, and the district will pay for it every year. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> um, it's gonna take a long time to get 300 hour certification. Right now I'm barely getting my 100 hour certification. Um, but with the pandemic going on, the yoga community has really kind of come together and made it made it more available because you can take your classes via Zoom. So I've taken four Zoom classes, like six days worth of yoga online, locked in my bedroom. So um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, for, for people who might be interested, um, and I'll make sure to include a link to it, but what is the, uh, the program or the certification called that you're working through? Um, I'm using Yoga Fit, it's called. Uh, Beth Shaw is the founder and CEO, and she teaches classes and puts on podcasts and webinars and all sorts of things. Um, and you can, if, if you're a fitness instructor of any kind, you can take classes through them to get like P, like PD hours, kind of like for teaching. Um, and then they do sort of like you're in college. Like if you want to major in education, you know, you take the education route. So I'm on the 100 hour ath, ath, yoga for athletes since I'm a coach. And so they kind of have an outline of specific courses that you need to take to get that certification. So it's pretty cool. That is a pretty awesome program. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely include a link to that down below for people who are interested in those uh, certifications and that education and knowledge. Yeah. Um, so cool. So you've been you've been on this journey of growing your own practice, growing your own skills, growing your knowledge, um, and over the course of that, you started at some point offering that to other teachers, teaching courses or, or uh, classes, if you will. Yes. Um, after your first training with Yoga Fit, you have to do eight hours of community service. And so um, I'd always kind of wanted to do a yoga class for the district for teachers. And um, so I taught, I offered a class here at Henley Elementary district wide. And we ended up with a small group, but it was a nice group of women. And um, 
we had a great time together two days a week and I got my community service hours in and then we kind of just kept going with it. And then the next year um, I, I was able to teach and had insurance uh, to teach, um, but with the pandemic, we kind of stopped doing that. So I'm kind of sad about that, but that was kind of how I was able to incorporate, still incorporate yoga practice into my life, being a teacher and a mom and a coach. Otherwise, um, I found it challenging to get to the yoga studio, um, but now it's not even open. So <laughs> now I do it in the pleasure of my own home every morning. So interesting. I wonder if, you know, just, you know, spitballing an idea here in real time. Um, I wonder if you could on Fridays offer any sort of a, you know, uh, virtual Zoom course, you know, that anybody in the district could potentially tune into from their school or their home if they're working from home, since we have that option on Fridays. Uh, yeah. It's just a, uh, an idea that seems like it'd be kind of cool. Well, we, we kind of have a thing already going. Um, one of our wellness leaders down in Lost River, she's a amazing person um, and teacher, Katie Lim she uh, was able to purchase get the district to purchase a program for us called ramwad range of motion workout of the day and so that is available on our klamath county schoology um, web wellness website or wellness page and actually at 11:30 every friday there is a zoom link available that you can join uh, a live workout so that's kind of how we worked it in this year instead of me doing it that's awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure to include a link to that uh, in the show notes down below this uh, podcast as well. Yeah. It's awesome that they're offering that for us. I feel like that is one of the silver linings of this whole crazy pandemic upending everything is now using virtual means to accomplish goals allows us in a way to pull bigger communities together of people who are interested in the same thing than we would have. You know, because there might only be one person interested in a particular type of working out in each building of our district. So by themselves, it's not enough to start anything. But if suddenly there's a virtual way to bring everybody together, then it's like, oh, you know, having 10 people is enough. Yep. Um, so, yeah, cool. Um, which kind of brings me to, to my next question. Since yoga is kind of a, uh, it's often referred to as a personal practice. Um and I think you could kind of bring that mindset to a variety of other other sports or activities. You know, individual sports would be another way we would say this in common language. Um, how important do you feel it's been during this pandemic for you and would you say for others to have some sort of a personal practice or individual sport type activity? Um, you know, if you look back over, you know, everything getting shut down, like how important to your own physical wellness and your own mental wellness has it been to have an outlet that's something you can do completely on your own? Um, I don't know if I would have survived. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, running is a already established outlet in my life. Like, you know, when I have a bad day, even if I've already done 20,000 steps, I need to go run. And it, it's just like, get those endorphins flowing, my natural painkiller. Um, but with this, like when we got shut down and we were at home, I was with my family who I love, spent more time than ever with my husband who, uh, we were both coaches, so we're busy all year and two kids and two dogs. 
you know, in the house, we had our outlet was to get out of the house every day and do something. But individually, my husband started running uh, more than I do, actually. But we just took turns. And that was like our little break from each other to get out of the house was to go run. You know, we shared routes and who could do this faster. And so we just kind of really got into it. And I was working towards the 10K at the time. So that kind of gave me a goal. Um, which I like to have something to work towards. And even though it was a virtual 10K, I still completed it. Um, and then I got, I had a little knee injury over the summer. So I took the longest hiatus from running since I've lived here, about four months off. Um, and then started up again in the fall with my cross country kids. So, and then I'm still doing it. And we start cross country in a week and a half. <laughs> so, for yeah for us it's been an outlet all year just to have that time to yourself and jam out to music and think and just me it's pretty I, cool i like that you brought up the sort of exchange of being two active parents at home who both have careers because i think a lot of times oftentimes people are like oh man like taking that time away is a a big loss but i like how you point to the fact that because both of you were you know creating this this space for each other both of you I, I mean I know personally from my own experience being an active person I'm a way better person to be around the whole rest of the day if I'm getting my regular physical activity I, I turn into an irritable unproductive human being if I'm not taking care of the physical aspect um, and I think maybe that's something that some some families overlook they're like oh no it's better to have more time together or more time to accomplish things. It's like not all time is equal. Like sometimes it's better to have 30 minutes less time, but then because you got your run in or your yoga practice, the, the, you know, let's, let's say you use up 30 minutes of a two hour block. You have to do something. You're going to be way happier and in a better mental state and more productive for the 90 minutes you have left. Um, and I, I don't know. I think sometimes we as Americans overlook that thought of like, well, what, how happy am I in those daily moments while I'm getting stuff done versus just getting the stuff done regardless of how you feel about it. And I mean, that to me is the essence of wellness is what is the state you're, you're in day in and day out in the moment to moments throughout your day. And yeah, I can't, uh, to me, I can't emphasize enough, like how important it is to do uh, a few things, to have some goals that you orient yourself around, to have some personal practices where you're happy about going through your day. Yes. Um, which actually, you've brought up goals twice. You mentioned having a goal um, of working toward a 10K as running. Uh, you brought up the importance of goals um, as you were growing your yoga practice. So how important are goals in your opinion? Well, I think like for me, going from a high school athlete, and I was a college athlete for a year. And then that was like the transition for me. It was really hard to go from from having a practice and a coach tell me what to do and like weeks to work towards and then to be on my own and to establish my own routine of physical fitness and you know maintaining maintaining that and so I started doing 5k's in college and like that was just like I don't know I guess that's just my thing that's like how what was ingrained in me since I was little was oh I have this meet to practice for or you know this season and and i was a three-sport athlete so it kind of gave me you know a variety of things to be well-rounded but so 
something to look forward to. So I guess, I don't know, it just kind of helps me focus, like gives me a little bit of purpose of why I'm doing it. So you can see my race bibs in the back. Yeah, for those, like- for those who can't see this, if you're just listening on the podcast, she's got a, a wall of bib numbers behind her with some finishers, medals and things. And it's quite fun to look at while we chat. Not as many as Jason, but um, <laughs> quite, a, quite a few. And it's just, I like the community also of running, but like the events of going to it, you know, you work hard for it, you did it and yay, awesome. If you get a t-shirt and a medal, even better. Sometimes it doesn't matter, but um, yeah, I guess it's just that for me. Like it's that thing that I accomplished. I I agree. I, I think, I mean, it's like two aspects is you also hear the story of like the person who wants to run the marathon and they train really hard and they run the marathon and then they like check it off their list and they go back to being completely unhealthy again because the goal is done. And so you hear that, but it sounds like the way you, you sort of integrate goals as a part of this active lifestyle. And I love that you brought up being an athlete in multiple sports where that was what sports are is it's someone else doing that for you, right? Like that's what a coach is. They're, they're laying out like, these are the things that will help you progress that are, you know, adequately far enough away that you can put in quality time to get better before, you know, the first game arrives. Um, but also aren't so far away that you're like, Oh, I, there's no reason to like start trying yet. It's too far off. And part of, I think, becoming a successful adult who's integrated that process into your adult life is you have to do that for yourself. Like, what are the things I'm going to be interested in, in these different seasons of the year? You know, you could think of it as simple as like, what are things in the spring I could do that the weather's right for? What are things in the winter I can do that the weather's right for? Um, and then finding those little goals that you can space out, you know, in, so, I forget who it is. One of, uh, I think it's, uh, Adam Andra. He's this great rock climber. And he always says intermediate goals are the most motivating. Um, and so sure he's got these big long-term projects he's working on that are way, way out in the future, but he always has some like intermediate projects that he's going to conquer within the next few months because those are going to be the ones you're going to be the most motivated you're going to be excited to talk about um so i like how you bring that up that it's not just setting one goal it's like oh once i do this then i'll feel better about myself or i'll be healthy once i do it it's like no i'm gonna set a goal because it'll be motivating and fun and then I'll also have another goal afterwards and another goal after that and another goal after that as part of a lifestyle. Um, at least that's how I've come to see it myself. Any, uh, anything to add or any, any thoughts on your end there? Uh, I think, and then like, if you have, sometimes I throw a friend in there and like work towards a, a half marathon. I've ran about seven half marathons and, um, trained for three of them with a, a coworker and, fellow coach and so that was kind of fun to do something together and then we would go to the event together so now interesting question here did you start the the sort of new let's call it a new habit the new goal together like neither of you had run that race distance and then you're like let's go do this together and so you both started or were they already doing it or you were already doing it and one of you sort of had the more significant change Uh, Uh, well we were both cross-country coaches <laughs> okay she never ran a half marathon before and i had but she can she can um 
she has the ability and the genetics to be able to just run farther without a lot of training but she wanted to try it and we were able to fit it into our lifestyle. So we only ran two days a week, two days together and one day on our own on the weekend. Um, but it just, you know, it was nice as also a social thing. I'm a social person. And so it was a time for friendship and, and catching up and, you know, sharing your frustrations about life. And uh, so that was, a, it was a therapeutic. Another, you know, my kind of therapy is just getting together with a friend and, so we did both at the same time, exercise and talk, which is really nice. I like that. I like that you bring that together. Like, um, there's the social aspect where we all need someone to chit chat with, to like you said, blow off steam. And I find oftentimes when we have that pent up stress, you know, some kind of movement activity, whether you're biking or running, is often a great outlet for that because that type of stress, that type of adrenaline buildup, is meant to make us move. Um, but to pair that also with, as you say, therapy, where you're able to talk it through and maybe, you know, just for a while, just unload your emotions and then maybe share some quality ideas back and forth about how to move forward. I find some of my best ideas and best conversations for moving forward in life have actually happened out on on runs with other people um, or even by myself. Um, so I think that's huge. And I, I guess I would add in here as well that you know, when you do any reading on habit change, they always say you need to find other people who are interested in that same habit or already doing that same habit that you're interested in. Because if, if you don't, it's going to be way harder to maintain if you have a bad day or something goes sideways. But if you have someone where it's like maybe your day's going sideways and they're like, hey, we're going to run. And you're like, okay, yeah, I will. Um, or they're having a bad day and you're like, hey, we're going to run. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're, I should still do that. Um, that that social pull is often strong enough to keep us on track with a new habit. Yes. Um, so it's like there's so many layers there to to why doing these sorts of things with uh, even just one other person is is definitely a part of wellness and definitely a part of creating a new healthy habit. Um, so that's a kind of along the lines of my next question for you, um, because one of the things that your staff members chose you to to be on this podcast for was how encouraging and supportive you are. So how important do you feel are words of encouragement, celebration of progress, and accountability partners uh, among us as staff members as we sort of navigate these difficult times for our mental and physical health? Uh, I think it's hugely important. Um, I guess I'm just used to it because that's my job. I'm a physical education teacher for little minds and bodies. And so even just, you know, little words of encouragement to them is just, and, and coaching, it's just, Part of who I am and so with your with my staff um, even if it's just you know one or two people every year to get a new person doing something um, you know even if they do one thing a year I try to celebrate that with them even if it's going to their room and saying how are you doing or you know one of my co-workers comes in every day when I'm eating I get my breakfast and she's just starting her day at work and we chit chat and catch up and share our celebrations. I'm down another pound this week, or, um, you know, I got, I got 25,000 steps yesterday. I'm almost to my, she's doing the hundred mile challenge right now. And she's just so excited to almost accomplish that. And so, yeah, just being, that's what I found over the years, being the wellness leader, you just have to be the cheerleader for your building. Even if it's just a couple people, um, all it takes is a couple words of encouragement to keep them going 
Yeah, I think that's something I got retaught. I, I had a car accident in, in my life uh, back in 2015, and one of the things it taught me, I should say, retaught me, was the celebration of the little wins. Um, I think once you've done something for for a while, or even sometimes you just we get in this adult perspective that it's like, oh, I should already be able to fill in the blank, and so we don't celebrate little wins in that area anymore. And yeah. uh, I had to. Have, you know, one of my knees reconstructed after this car accident. And so it forced me to celebrate like, oh, that's the furthest I've ever bent my knee, which prior to that, like I would never celebrate bending my knee. It was like, that was taken for granted. Like, of course I, and so I had to go back to this mindset of like seeing every little bit of progress um, and being excited for it to, in order to keep my motivation up, as opposed to like looking at it the other way where it's like, oh, look at how far away I am from running again or from uh, climbing again or from riding my bike again. Um, and I think those little shifts is so important for, for maintaining motivation over the long run um, is, you know, seeing that progress and celebrating that progress versus seeing the gap from where you are to where you want to be. I think, you know, anytime you catch yourself going, oh, but I'm not here yet, you need to like stop that, that inner narrative and flip it the other way. You no, know, look how far I've come um, is the framework you always want to be looking from. Yeah, gotta be a glass half full kind of person, not a glass half empty. That's how I feel. Absolutely. Now, you you mentioned being a, a wellness leader for your building, um, and I know from my personal experience with you that you've come up with so many different programs and activities and and whatnot. So, name some of the programs you've been a part of, whether it's wellness for kids or adults, whether it's in the district or the community at large. And at the end of that, will any of them be back in twenty twenty one? Um. Well, uh, let's see. I've helped establish the well, the wellness program from the start. Uh, we have put on lots of uh, challenges. We've done even things like kickball tournaments um, a couple times. Lot got shot down the last two years. Uh, we're hoping to bring uh, our goal is we're working towards a golf tournament really wanted to do that for years and possibly a cornhole tournament but we'll have to see how things look in the spring and next fall um as for students i have done a mileage program for my students for the last 12 years and this is the first year i have not done it since i started it it's a little strange i'm not out there we don't have morning recess anymore so um i'm not out there giving them lap tickets um but we still do, they're still a part of our uh, program called the New York Roadrunners Association and they kind of sponsor us. And so the kids get credit for their PE minutes and every year we get free t-shirts and medals and stuff to celebrate their movement for the year. So we're still doing that. Um, and uh, I usually put on um, kids races Every year, our Henley Cross Country Invite is, we always do a, a kids run, and this is the first year I am not able to do that, which is sad. Um, we are still having the invite for cross country, though it will look very different. Um, but I hope to offer it virtually for my students and see if I can get some involvement that way. Um, yeah, and we've done all sorts of different things, and. Yeah, the challenge this year definitely has been what can we still do? How can we change it? What do we have to look forward to in the future? 
Absolutely. So I guess, you know, kind of shifting gears from, you know, looking forward to 2021 to kind of looking back to how difficult it was to navigate 2020. I mean, it was a time where there was local, national, global uncertainty, this political division, distance learning, disruptions to the status quo left and right. Uh, we saw our profession upended, uh, you know, at its most fundamental part, which was kids actually coming into our classrooms, which is something, again, we like totally took for granted. Um, in the face of all that, what are some of the highlights and lowlights? Like in your own personal wellness during that time, what were some of the things that worked or went poorly, if you're willing to share or admit them, or you could see go poorly, maybe in someone around you? Um, yeah, maybe just share your experience adapting to these times when it comes to taking care of yourself within this profession. Um, well, professionally, that was a challenge to learn how to do my job via computer without training, what any training whatsoever. Um, and then the other part of it was balancing life at home with another teacher, my spouse, and two kids and two dogs, and just that out. Uh, figuring all that out and so yeah I definitely like I said before using running as my outlet um, my little break from the day at home on the computer um, I popped into classes and did zooms with um, my 14 classes throughout the week my husband had one day where he zoomed with his classes so our schedules were very different but with one Chromebook at home it worked out um, and then I my kids helped me make um, videos on my iPhone. I learned how to edit, edit videos. That was fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, I learned how to teach virtually. It was really interesting. Um, but yeah, running for me, it was a huge thing. And then our family, we created family, family hike Friday. So every Friday we went somewhere different. Um, Friday afternoon, we went on a different hike every week. I put my daughter in my backpack and my son loves to run and walk and um, we usually end up on my husband's shoulders, but uh, we, we saw some pretty cool things and saw every viewpoint of Klamath Falls and the basin that you could see. So that was really neat. And it kind of trickled into the summer, kept going different places. So hopefully we can get going that in the spring. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know if the, the low lights, the lowlights was not having, not getting to see all my students and not knowing what they were going through, you know, in their own world. Like we were on Google Classroom and if I got a couple kids to do something, you know, an assignment here and there, because it wasn't really an expectation for them to repeat. So it was, I provided it and if they did it, I was excited. And if I got to see them on Zoom, that was even better got them moving for about five minutes um and this fall this year this school year has been more organized with the expectations of you know PE being a part of your day and having a grade so that was um a, a step up but yeah just it kills me to see lack of participation and lack of movement um but now that we're back in school and I can see it's you know making a difference in kids being here being around people and kids and just moving moving for the day is it has a huge impact on them so that's cool to see i agree um one of the low lights for me for sure was that 
sort of deep feeling of, for lack of a better way of saying it, uselessness. Like I'm doing this stuff and hardly any of it seems to be reaching anyone. And it it's like, is it really valuable? And, and like, am I like, what contribution am I really having right now? And everybody seems so stressed out and worried. And I think probably I would say something I did that was wrong, that was a mistake, was just sort of pinning that inside and, and rolling with it. And I think a habit, a, a pivot moment for, for that for me was starting to have more conversations with people uh, you know, in this profession with us, like about those frustrations to kind of realize like, okay, it's not just me. Even though we know it's not just us, it's like, you can still subtly like be like, oh, like once you start pinning things inside, they can get out of hand. And so just yeah. starting to have more conversations and talking out some of the feelings, even if it doesn't lead to any, any more practical, like, oh, now I'm going to add this to my checklist of things I do. Um, just having the conversations um, kind of takes some of the tension and the stress out of it. Um, and I would say that was sort of something that was a definite low light for me that now isn't as bad because of a change of my behavior. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's been a, a pretty difficult time to navigate and it is nice that it's more structured this year. Um, name two awesome places that you guys went to on this family hike Friday. I just loved that idea. Um, let's see. Uh, a hike up at OIT. There's some really cool trails up there, but we went up to the O and then we just kept going and we went for like five miles. <laughs> uh, that was really fun. And from the other side of the basin over on like the top of Moore Park, if you go kind of up by the old, oh, I can't remember what, it used to be an elementary school for the city schools. It's no longer a word. Oh, like Riverside or something. Yeah. If you go up there and you kind of park at the top back of Moore Park and we got in a little pickle with some, uh, we didn't bring enough water, it got really hot, we had some, yeah, we got a little, got a little hairy and scary there. Um, and my husband's kind of a worrywart, so we almost had a situation on our hands, but <laughs> we made it and it was a beautiful view and it was fun and it was an experience to learn from, so, um, yeah, but we saw, I mean, we saw every major point of the basin. It was pretty cool. It's a, a beautiful place and I'm glad I moved here. That's super cool. Yeah, I would definitely recommend both uh, that Moore Park hike and to the high point there. And uh, also the hike up to the O is, is, is actually kind of fun. It's simple, but it's, it's fun and it's a good view yeah. once you're up there. So yeah. if people are looking for simple family hikes to go on, there's, uh, there's two easy ones to get started and then you can ask Megan for more. Um, I'll include a, uh, her work email in the description down below and you can ask for more ideas if you want to start your own family hike Friday. Um, all right, so we've had a pretty good chat here. I think it's probably about time to close up so that people can finish this podcast up in a commute or two of their time if they're listening in. So are you ready for quick fire, rapid questions, what I like to refer to as the wellness warp? Sure, yeah. All right, here we go. Music, podcasts, or silence as you work out? Definitely music. What are one or two must-have apps, technology, or resources you use for your own wellness or fitness? Um, my Fitbit daily and Matt My Run app. I'll include links to both of those things down below. 
um, you find yourself with one full day, absolutely no responsibilities. You know, this is dreamland, just a free and clear schedule. What do you do with that day? All my favorite things. Uh, I would sleep in, wake up, have coffee and read, get a run in, do some shopping, throw in a little manicure and pedicure, if that's possible. Um, get some food from my favorite place and end it with a movie with my dogs. That sounds fabulous. That is the most thorough answer I think anyone has ever given. Um, one of your friends, let's say, is looking to do just one thing to live healthier. What is the first thing you recommend? To move more. Nice, simple, straightforward. Uh, personally, can you share any fitness or wellness goals you have for 2021? Um, I would like to do another half marathon and someday would like to run a full, if that is this year, it's, I don't know, we'll see. Um, I'm kind of into being inspired right now by Courtney DeWalter, who is a crazy ultra marathon runner. I don't think I could ever handle that, but, um, she's, she's fun to watch and she's just inspiring. She just runs and she's a joyous person. So, um, yeah. And, uh, my first year as head coach for cross country. So I'd like to do that. Well, hopefully that goes good with the six weeks we have been blessed with this year. So yeah, that's about it. Awesome. And I'll, uh, I'll include, I'll, I'll look up a video of Courtney DeWalter cause she is fun to fun to follow and watch. And I'll put that in the description down below. Uh, any events, opportunities, or resources you would like make to make people aware of? Um, just if you're not a part of our, uh, Schoology, um, course, our KCSB wellness, you can join that. Um, and there's a lot of resources on there for different workouts and types of wellness and things going on our events. Uh, and then there's a vir some virtual races coming up if you'd like to be a part of uh, the Shamrock Run in Portland. Proceeds are benefiting OHSU and Lauren Becker's. And um, the Pear Blossom in Medford in April is going virtual again this year. But that is a something to sign up for if you like that. Um, and then hopefully we can get our golf tournament and cornhole tournament going in 2021, whenever that is, if it's at all possible. So yeah, just look out for that and our spring challenge, which will be starting after spring break. Awesome. I'll, I'll include links to uh, the Schoology and both of those runs you mentioned. And uh, then off, obviously people can look to their email for when those uh, wellness uh, initiatives programs are being launched. Um, awesome. What a great chat, Megan. Thank you for being a wellness warrior for our students, for your staff out there at Henley, and for all of us here at KCSD. In closing up, are there any final words of wisdom or knowledge you want to drop on all of us aspiring wellness warriors? <laughs> um, not really. Just get out there and move and do what you love, I guess. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. What a great way to close. There you go. Thanks so much, Megan. Have a great day. Thank you, Jason. You too.